This is the weekly message from Hope Church Malmesbury. We're so glad you can join us. This week's sermon is part of our series, The Promise and the Purpose. We're walking slowly through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, promise by promise. Find out more about Hope Church and how to support our ministry at www.thehope.church. I hope this message will help you to see the good purpose that God has for your life and help you to walk in faith and rely on his promises every day. Here's the message. Before I invite Claire to come and bring the reading for me, um, I just want to share with you something a member of the congregation felt in her spirit as we were worshipping. That the line was, you turn grave into graves into gardens. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> you turn graves into gardens. And she felt this strong spirit from the Lord. And I know she has a prophetic gifting. That actually, there are people here, there are people listening online, who feel like they're graves right now. And he turns you into gardens. And it goes so beautifully well with what I'm about to share with you. i just so excited. I just love how God points these things out. So if you're feeling like a grave this morning, hallelujah. God wants to turn you into a garden. Hallelujah. Let's have the reading. I wanted to give you that spoiler before she shared the reading. The reading today is from Luke chapter 8, verses 4 to 15, and it's the parable of the sower. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that, seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil... They are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Thank you. 
Okay, let's try it. I just heard this morning that the CEO of IKEA was made Prime Minister of Sweden. What's he doing first? Assembling his cabinet. For those of you who don't realise, I never start my ministry time with a joke. <laughs> that was so stressful, my heart's going really fast. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I just can't tell jokes. Uh, but I got away with it, hallelujah. Okay, so good morning. This morning is all about going back to basics. And I thought, actually, that joke went quite well, because he's assembling his cabinet. Um, so if you have to explain it, you shouldn't be starting with it. Okay, you may have noticed already that our worship is paired back. You know, we've lost the big drum kit and the electric guitars. There will be guitars, different people, different weeks. But we have paired back the setup. It's become a more acoustic approach. And this, we feel, is essential right now as Hope Church because God is resetting our priorities on meeting together. So this has actually changed the setup from hours to minutes. So it couldn't be a better time to come on team. Hey, Steve. <laughs> In the time and energy that we're going to save we plan to reintroduce, starting next Sunday properly, our Hope Church prayer meeting. Now, our Hope Church prayer meeting will be on a Sunday morning. In fact, those of you who've been with us for years know that we started Hope Church used to, the service used to start at 10 o'clock in the morning. So all I'm asking you to do is come again at 10 o'clock in the morning for a Hope Church prayer meeting. This will be our main corporate meeting of the week. I know others of you meet together and pray during the week, and please carry on, okay? But this will be our main corporate church prayer meeting, starting 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for 30 minutes before the service. Because everything we do must begin with prayer. What is the point otherwise? For too many months, corporate prayer has been missing and it's really time to get back to the basics. That's what God is telling us time and time again. And there's literally nothing more basic for a Christian organisation than to pray and seek the Lord for what he wants us to be doing. So I really hope that you will join me 10am on Sundays for a time of seeking the Lord together. And of course, today's scripture is all about the basics. So let's get into it. Luke 8 verses 4 to 8. Let's start there. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus sees a great crowd gathering and he tells them a parable. It is a story with a meaning. Jesus often used such stories to help his listeners grasp bigger concepts. 
This is a parable set within the most basic needs of life, within the basic things that we need. Because the purpose of the sowing of the seed of the farmer in the story is to grow a harvest that will feed the people. One of the most basic needs is met through the act of a farmer sowing seed. Hunger, one of our most basic needs, is satisfied because of the sowing of the seed. The seed will grow a crop that feeds us. And this is so basic that without food, you know, we have no physical energy. Uh, Some of you may not know, I've actually experienced starvation. I'm just going to, I didn't have it in my notes, but for some reason I feel I have to tell you this. I have actually experienced the feeling of starvation. I'm one of very few people in modern society who knows what it feels like to actually be starving. Okay, so this comes from uh, personal experience as well. And so I'm going to add in here that I didn't put in my notes. Not only do you feel no physical energy... You feel extreme pain in the center core of your being. Your brain cannot process properly anything because the weakness is not just in physical, it's mental. And eventually, uh, you dehydrate, actually. Do you realize you get most of your liquid through your food? And eventually, if you do not eat, you will die. Spoiler alert, (laughs) later on in the passage, Jesus explains that the seed in the story represents the word of God. And I do not think it is a stretch to realize that without the word of God in our lives, we will become spiritually weak and our minds will not process things well. We may even have a pain in the core of our being. And if we try to exist without regularly consuming the Word of God, we will die spiritually. And by that, I mean our connection to God will be broken away. Okay, let's get back to the first part of the passage and just look at the story itself, the parable. Let's take a quick uh, moment just to consider it. So, a farmer scatters seed, and it lands on different soils. It lands on the path where it is crushed and taken away by the birds. Now, you are probably thinking, like I often would have thought, of a concrete path of some sort, you know, yeah? And when you see people digging it up, and they have to use this great big, you know, um, whatever those shaky hammer things are. Yes. (laughs) Um, That's not likely to be what they were thinking, okay? A path is more like what we get in our fields around here, a trodden down area, a place that's got a little bit harder because of lots of frequent walking and perhaps um, some, some extra stones to make it a little bit less, you know, done on purpose to make it nice and hard. But we are talking about something not covered up by concrete, okay? We are talking about something a bit more natural, Anyway, that path is crushed down and it is taken away by the birds. Then the farmer sows the seeds and we hear about some of it falling in amongst the rocks where it cannot get a good root going. And you know, if you can't get a good root on a plant, it can't access the water from beneath. And so it dehydrates and it shrivels up. 
And then there's some that is described as falling among thorns, and I think of this as weeds as well, where it can make a root. This is fairly decent soil because actually the thorns are growing in it, okay? This is actually quite decent soil. I want you to grasp hold of that because I think that might be for someone. Um, but the thorns are growing up alongside the seed and the thorns choke the plant. And then some of the seed will land in the good soil. Now, the farmer's not an idiot, by the way. A farmer knows how to sow his seed. And I don't know why I'm sharing this, but it's just come to me as well. He's not just going, oh, I hope it lands somewhere good. <laughs> okay, he's aiming at the good soil, right? But some of it is going to, by wind or whatever, be thrown into these other areas. So what happens when it lands in the good soil? The seed takes root, it grows up healthy, and it produces plants that will produce hundreds more seeds because it's hundreds of plants, hundreds more seed in each plant that can be used to feed people and even more seeds to sow again, to grow more hundreds, more harvest. Jesus' listeners uh, of that time would have been much more in touch with their food chain and this would have instantly understood um, they would have understood these images and Jesus was using basically everyday life to teach them something. He was using their everyday needs to present a really important message. However, what I love is he simply tells them this story and then he tells them that if they are listening, they will understand that there is a deeper meaning in fact, in our British language, Jesus' closing comments after telling this story is actually a pun. Verse 8, he said, as he said these things, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. The seed most of us have been imagining is wheat or corn, both of which have crops that we call in our British language ears. It's a fabulous pun. And I love that. I don't even think it's coincidence. I don't even know if it's true in every language. I don't care. Because I would go as far as to say that God knew that the people of Hope Church in 2021 would enjoy his crop pun. And in that way, I will take a sidestep just for a moment as we think about Jesus, the entertainer, and how that has influenced the ministry of Hope Church. You see, Mark and I have a very specific set of skills and giftings, and ways of thinking. Some of you know, I just referenced a movie. Some of you went right over. <laughs> it is not by accident, Isaac got it. <laughs> it is not by accident, nor our own doing, that we've ended up together and ministering together, and both with a very strong call on our lives for nearly 30 years. It's not by accident, and it's not by our doing. One of the leading areas of our ministry approach has been the gifting to find ways to teach biblical faith truths through storytelling and through everyday life. Both Mark and I are influenced heavily by Jesus's use of parables and his use of humor, and he does it more than that, okay, to reach his audience. This is the reason that every year, even through the pandemic, I write a pantomime and with the wonderful talents of people of Hope Church, the people that God places in Hope Church for such a time as that year, we perform a giant parable full of puns every Christmas 
to help us reach the wider Malmesbury community. Yeah, at times we've actually come under criticism for using things like pantomimes or running events like Star Wars Sunday by folk who just don't understand this ministry approach. If you have questions about it, please come and talk to me because I can defend it till I'm blue in the face. It's one of those things that's so intrinsically a part of my nature and Mark's nature that I know that God has placed it in us as a ministry call. It's what makes us a bit different. So I'm pleased to make a quick plug for this year's pantomime. It is Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It will be performed twice on Saturday the 18th of December in Malmesbury Town Hall this year. Not here, in Malmesbury Town Hall. And guess what? The story of Goldilocks and the Three Bears, and if you actually think about it, you probably can go there all by yourself, easily lends itself to a gospel message woven not so subtly through the traditional story. But you'll have to come and see how we do that for yourselves because I'm not giving you any more spoilers. So I firmly believe that Jesus was entertaining. I believe he was unlike Paul. Paul was so boring that when he spoke, people fell out of windows asleep, okay? (laughs) I don't think Jesus was like that, okay? So I believe that Jesus was entertaining. He was interesting to listen to. Crowds gathered to hear what he had to say. And I believe that he reached so many different parts and people, different parts of society, because he used stories they could relate to. He told so many vast different stories in order to reach into the heart and bring them life-changing messages. Okay, let's go back to today's passage. I haven't forgotten. Your gardens, I mean, your graves need turning into gardens, don't they? Hallelujah. Now, if you've ever grown anything, you know that the seed needs to be planted into good soil to grow a decent plant. All the other soils are not able to bring forth a crop. And this parable is commonly called the parable of the sower. But that's not very accurate, actually. It's much more accurate to call it the parable of the soils. After telling this story, Jesus leaves most of his listeners with the challenge of having to listen to understand It's a bit like a teaser that requires the listener to realize there's actually more to this story, guys, but you have to seek the key to it for yourselves. Too many times people just want to get something easy. We all do, let's be honest. I do. I certainly do. Yet easy very rarely produces much good. Think about fast food. It's easy, but is it really good for you? Is it really going to produce energy and strength and all of those things that you need from food? Okay, so to those who want to know more, and they come and ask him, Jesus explains the parable. So, let, parable, sorry. so let's have a look at it. Luke 8, 9 to 15. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, when they asked, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among thorns... They are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. 
As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. You see, the act of seeking God for answers like the disciples did in this passage, seeking God for the truth that may be hidden, is always well rewarded. This is why Jesus says in Matthew 7, verse 7 to 8, he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Ask, seek, knock when you don't understand. And Matthew 6, verse 31 to 33, Jesus said, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. He doesn't just say receive the kingdom of God. He says seek And that's why I include it there. Because sometimes we just need to dig a little. When we're talking about turning graves into gardens, we might need to dig a little. And Jesus tells us other parables, specifically about seeking the truth from God. The parables of the lost coin and the pearl merchant are exactly along those lines. If you don't know those parables, go find them and read them. So the disciples ask and they seek answers from Jesus and he gives it to them clearly. And you know their hearts are prepared. He tells them, you're able to take this understanding in. And this is because they're already walking with him. They're they're his disciples. They literally, they sleep and eat alongside him. They have been spending time in close proximity to him. Their closeness has opened the eyes of their understanding. Paul the Apostle spoke about the problem of people being able to understand spiritual matters. In one of his letters, he says this, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. The God of this world, by the way, is the devil. To keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So what he's saying is, you can't expect people to understand everything. They're not going to understand everything because their eyes have not been opened. They have been blinded. And in Ephesians 1, Paul prays for the Ephesians church to have the eyes of their understanding enlightened. So if you feel you can't quite grasp what I'm on about already, or what I go on about next, or if you read the Bible and can't grasp any of its messages, please ask God to enlighten your eyes of understanding. And guess what? He who asks does what? Receives. Excellent. Right, let's get back to Jesus' explanation of the parable. Number one, the key to understanding the parable is simply to know what the seed is. Verse 11, Jesus says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And of course, as we will realize in the rest of this explanation, our hearts and minds are the soil. He kind of says it at the end, but I just thought I'd give you that spoiler there. Number two, the word seed that lands on the hardened path gets immediately taken away. Verse 12, it says, The ones along the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes. 
So it's the devil that's like the birds that are stealing it away and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. I bet you all know people you've shared stuff about God with and it's felt exactly like that. Number three, the word seed that lands in rocky hearts develops weak roots, if any roots at all. Verse 13, And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. If I'm honest, this is the majority of people I meet as a church leader. (laughs) Receive it with joy. But it doesn't get a root It doesn't get to the good water source. Jesus said, I am the living water. It's got to be plugged into something to grow something. Number four, the word seed that falls in amongst thorny growth will get choked out over time. Verse 14, he says, And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Notice it's not just the bad stuff that steals the the crop. It's the good stuff that happens in life. And number five, only the seed that falls on good soil can grow a crop. But what a harvest that brings, right? In the parable, Jesus said a hundred times the seed that was sown. Verse 15, as for that in the good soil, they are those who hear in the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart. See, he points out that it's a heart and bear fruit with patience. So please notice that out of the five soils that the seed lands in, only one soil produces a crop. Four out of five fall away and produce nothing of any value. In a 2021 Barna Group study about how Americans relate to Christianity, they discovered, 2021, that's this year, by the way, for those who aren't quite with it and still think we last year or something, they discovered this. The number of non-practicing Christians is rising, whilst the number of practicing Christians is declining. What's a non-practicing Christian? That shouldn't even exist as a word. Okay, I'm sorry. As a Christian leader, I'm not okay with that. (laughs) Non-practicing Christians, take it in for a minute. They're rising. So basically, they've got some sort of head belief. They believe in a God, believe Jesus maybe died for them, and do nothing with it. That's shocking. It's an American statistic, but it's true for the UK. Whatever happens in America generally happens in the UK. (laughs) In fact, studies show that church attendance in the UK has fallen by 300,000 people since 2009. That's a UK statistic. 300,000 people, and that's not a very recent study. So it's probably gone down a little bit more than that. And across the UK since the pandemic, church leaders are reporting that approximately a third of their regular church attendees have dropped away. We certainly see that here in Hope Church. 
and we see it across Malmesbury. We met with the other local leaders just a couple of months back, and that's exactly what they were reporting. A third of the churches have not come back. These are shocking statistics, and if they're not shocking you, ask God to have the eyes of your understanding enlightened, because for me, they are, they're very depressing. And let me tell you why, because when we talk about the church, we are talking about the body of Christ, the expression of Jesus here on earth. Get that. That's who the church is. The church is not a building. It's not a place of meeting. It is the expression of Jesus here on earth. And as a church leader, it is very frustrating because sometimes, I have to be honest, it feels a bit like it's becoming a shrinking body with loose limbs and wandering eyes. And that is shocking. And that's why I tell you this, because it, is, it should be shocking. So the biggest point, if you're going to grab anything today, is that Jesus told the parable of the soils to help those who want to understand see how easy it is to have the truth of the Word of God taken away. That's the point. If you want one sentence, that's it. The parable is really a story about our hearts and what happens when the seed of God's word lands in it. So my question for you today is, what kind of soil is your heart right now? Right now. And I want you to consider this deeply for a moment because you need to be truly honest because I believe, hallelujah, soil can change in both directions. It can get better and it can get worse. For some of you listening today, the seed never makes any roots. It lands and is immediately taken away. You can't even remember. What was the sermon about this morning? No clue. I can't remember. What did you read in the Bible yesterday? Can't remember. It's just taken away. And this is because the soil of your heart is like a path, Jesus says. It's been trodden down and hardened and it's now impenetrable. So guys, that's okay. Because do you remember what I told you? It doesn't need a jackhammer to open it up, okay? The path is not that hard, actually. A good fork would get in there, all right? A fork and a foot. So ask the Holy Spirit to break open your heart soil. Because listen, guys, God does not force us to accept his word, nor to even seek it. But if you ask, it will be given to you. If you seek, you will find that's the actual truth. It's not a maybe or for someone more blessed than you. It's for you. If you open your heart and allow God to turn over your soil, he will make your heart habitable for his word to take root again. Now, others of you have accepted and tried to hold on to the seed of the Word of God. I love the way it says, with joy. Sometimes that's exactly what I see. We grab it with joy, but it just doesn't seem to accomplish what it was sent out to do. Did you know the Word of God should have an outward effect? There should be some sign of it rooted and growing within us. That's why Isaiah 55 verse 10 to 11 says this, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth. Again, we're talking about the basics here. 
making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11, so shall my word, says God, be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I have sent it. God is the master farmer, okay? It's his seed we're talking about. The word of God should produce a harvest that, and if that isn't, your experience, you may have rocks or thorns in your life that need removing. You know, the rocks and thorns are possibly experiences and belief systems that have got so ingrained in you that you haven't even noticed them. You know, like real thorns, false beliefs can continue to grow inside your heart along with the seed of the Word of God. But I believe it's time to make a choice. Especially if right now you're getting, you're suddenly going, oh, I've got some of those. It's time to make a choice today. Will you ignore these weeds and leave them to choke out your chance of a decent crop of faith? Or will you start to actively remove them from your life? You know, if you want to make a patch of ground ready, the first thing you're going to do is remove the rocks and the weeds, the thorns, and you're going to dig out those things that have those really horrible long sucker root things. I, can you tell? I've only been gardening for a year. Um, so, <laughs> bindweed, things like that, yeah. And there are ways to get rid of it all, but it sometimes takes a bit of work. Having said that, I, I love how God is so good to me, and you all know I watch TBN before I come to church on a Sunday morning, even when I'm preaching, unless God leads me in a different direction. And this morning, he gave me the grace to sit down for 10 minutes in front of it. And those 10 minutes, guess what I heard? I heard this. The man was talking about his lawn. And he, I, I, he was a preacher. Um, and he said... He was talking about making his lawn good. And he said, and anyone who knows me knows I've got plastic grass, so I wouldn't know. Um, so I grow plants around it, but the plastic grass. Um, if the lawn, he said, is alive, there are no weeds. That's what he discovered. He had to prepare the ground. He had to plant the lawn. But then when the lawn was fully flourishing, he does live in California, is it? Or Florida? Uh, one of those hot, lovely American places. Um, anyway... He said that when he realized that there was a lot less to do to the lawn because he wouldn't have to go plucking out the weeds like he did before. And in fact, modern gardeners, because I am now really into gardening, um, modern gardeners talk about not weeding too much, in fact, because if you grow decent, if you grow the plants, the more you weed, the more you sometimes disturb it and make it more weedy is what I understand. I don't know. I haven't fully gone down this route yet, but I still weed a little. But um, apparently, if you, can, if you can get that ground cover going, then you don't need to weed so much. My point is, and I really wanted to share this with you, because he was saying, so often preachers are preaching, you've got to pluck your weeds out, you've got to get your rocks out. And I thought, oh gosh, that's what I'm preaching this morning. Um, so sit up and listen. Um, and, um, and then he said, but actually, Jesus' message is slightly different. It's grow a good crop, and you don't need to. If, you're, if your crop is alive... You don't need to pull it out. It's not going to be growing along with it. So clear the space, grow the crop, and then it should, and keep it alive. Yeah, hallelujah. Okay. Um, now, I believe soil can change. And I believe it goes in both directions. And I know this from my own gardening experience. 
I believe that some of my listeners today once felt you were very good soil. But over these past few months, and I think this is where Graves into Gardens comes in, over these past few months and years, rubbish has started to accumulate in your soil. Little stones have been flung in, thoughts or habits you had not even noticed are clogging up your soil, and your crop of faith feels weak. And it's only today that you've realized this has happened. And the words graves into gardens is resonating with you right now. What was once alive is now dead. But I want to encourage you. It's not too late. It's never too late. God is the God of the renew. Okay? Just get on your knees. Because that's what gardening requires, right? You have to get down. Get on your knees. And start picking the rubbish out. God will take your mind to the things that have come in that you didn't realize had. He will help you with the weeding. He's the master gardener. He will help you make your heart soil good again. But please, don't ignore it. Don't leave it the way it is. You cannot ignore your heart condition. And still expect to see good results. That's the truth of it. And that's the whole point of Jesus' parable. So if you've been feeling a lack of energy, an old depressive feeling creeping back, maybe you've been feeling doom or anxiety or extra fear about things, and that's so easy in this day and age, right? Or maybe you've been having a hopelessness creep over you or a lack of joy or a loss of enthusiasm for the things of God. I want you to hear what I've said today. I want you to think about graves into gardens. I want you to take a moment today and ask God, what has changed? What has come in that wasn't in this soil a few weeks, months or years back? What needs removing? And... What needs mixing back in? What's missing from this soil right now? We all know that a bit of manure is quite good for the soil, right? Don't take that any further in your thoughts. To to give this word the chance to grow healthy roots again, we need to pay attention to our heart soil. So please don't ignore this message. Flap your arms and tell the devil birds to fly away because they're not going to swoop this away today and decide right now to get your heart soil back into condition. And lastly, and I do mean lastly, don't worry, I have to mention that for the seed to land anywhere in your heart, you need to be under the scattering of it. (laughs) So it's almost not even worth saying, but I have to say it because we need to understand that we're talking about the scattering of the Word of God. And so make sure you are giving your holy, awesome God, the divine farmer, the opportunity to send his seed into your heart by regularly picking up his word and reading. Or, you know, some people just don't get on with reading, listening to the word of God. There are some really awesome recordings of the Bible. Get that word coming at you as often as possible because that's the only way the seed has any opportunity to take any root. Then experience the amazing things his word can do when it's given the opportunity to take root in your life. Let's pray, and I'm going to pray Ephesians 1, verses 15 to 21 over us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
Because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Father God, I thank you that we have prayed this over ourselves, Lord God, that we would have that understanding and that understanding of the immeasurable greatness of your power towards those of us who believe and that we will see the outworking of your seed in our lives. Lord, I pray that you will make each heart healthy, Lord God, and that we would be able to take in, absorb and see the roots grow and the plants grow that you have for each and every one of us. I thank you that we are individuals, Lord God. We are individual plots of land. Lord God, and you know how to work in each one of us. So we just open ourselves up and say, have your way today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.